Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Bye, baby. Bye, baby. I am bye, baby. I am bye, baby. I am bye, baby. I am bye, baby. I am. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 11 of the Brown Baby Podcast. I am your host, Nick S. Shukla. Brown Baby is a weekly parenting podcast asking the question, how do we raise our kids with joy and wonder in uncertain and, let's face it, increasingly bleak times? It's a podcast inspired by my memoir, Brown Baby, a memoir of race, family and home. And each week I invite fellow parents of brown babies, writers, musicians, chefs, comedians, actors and more to talk about their parenting journeys and the highs and lows they've experienced along the way. This is a frank and funny look at parenting and it will hopefully spark honest self-effacing conversations about how we tell our kids about the world. It will feature parenting fails plus the best and worst advice me and my guests have ever received and hopefully it'll be like a comforting uplifting podcast for anyone who's ever found themselves searching for answers in a sleep deprived google hole. Today's guest is award-winning musician and writer Emily Moss from Emmy the Great. Emma has made four albums as Emmy the Great, including the recent one, April. She has scored film and television and writes regularly for The Guardian. Emma is a dear friend of mine, and this week we talk about what it was like for her to tour with a newborn baby, how having a baby has changed her life, and excessive internet usage, and also the corona of it all. Before we start though, just a quick message to say that yes, this podcast is free and I really want to keep it that way. So please, if you're enjoying it, can I please trouble you to buy my memoir, Brown Baby, a memoir of race, family and home, which so many of the themes in these podcasts draw from. So I've put a link to where you can get it from in the show notes. If you have a preferred retailer, that's great. Also, you can order it from your library as well and, you know, like and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends and all the rest of it. And that's about it. So enjoy the podcast. Uh, now we have Emily Moss from Emmy the Great. Welcome to the podcast, Emma. How are you doing? I am doing great. I am um, relaxed today because we're only 10 days from the end of this this lockdown or whatever it is and um that is good I feel like the end is in sight I feel like nothing stands between me and happiness except for COVID-19 I don't know how to respond to that no one has ever said nothing stands between me and happiness except for COVID-19 that that to me makes it sound like everything is amazing and you know what 
how let's not talk about parenting how let's talk about how i achieve that mind state where the only thing between me and utopia is a pandemic um yeah okay so in the first lockdown i feel like i was trying so hard to achieve um i cleaned the house every day although that was because we had a flea infestation <laughs> which was awful um i thought <laughs> about doing an online course i actually said the words i think i'm going to um i think i'm going to get a master's <laughs> um i you know like i was gonna read i was gonna read the mirror and the light i didn't even i bought it but i haven't read it um and i just totally crashed and then from that point on i've been on this like journey of extreme self-care like therapy i got so anxious because i was gonna put out a record and had to do a gig and i had no idea how to do that and like everyone in my band was like the parent of a small child and I had to guarantee their safety that I started taking like anxiety pills like I've done everything this year in order to to get on track and I feel like I finally found like we watched Kung Fu Panda on the weekend one two and three and like I feel like I've found the space that the Kung Fu Panda has which is that sometimes there is, it's not the right occasion to, like it's not the right occasion to strive. And, and that's where I am right now. And another reason why I am feeling really good at the moment is because I'm sure you understand this, like I only read on the toilet now, which is like, it's, it's the only practical space where I can have like the, the tiniest moment of privacy so that I can actually read. Um, and your your book is now like the main book in my toilet <laughs> and so like i have this like little slice <laughs> of joy yeah and also like i'm very very like i'm on the verge of incontinence still because um i don't know why i just like never regain that skill so i'm like constantly having a few pages of your book and it's like it's like the best book that is it's like maybe the best memoir I've read or like neck and neck with the Argonauts on parenting like it's it's so good it is so good it actually has made it's actually taken me from 75% to 80% which is which is like the maximum percentage that I can go in this pandemic (laughs) oh thank you so much wow I don't know how to respond to that I'm so glad to make your poops more enjoyable (laughs) no it's not it's it's peas as well like i like i because i'm actually i I can read quite quickly so like you wouldn't believe like how much of brown baby i can consume like an hour after an apple juice (laughs) i'm i'm being i'm being sort of weird about it just because i'm just you know you you put out an album um about a month ago and uh, you know one of the things i really wanted to talk to you about is about finding space to create when you've got someone who's demanding so much of your attention and you put out an album about a month ago and what I love about your work is that it's always a really amazing capsule of a specific time and also you're you're just one of those rare artists who only ever sound like yourself and I wondered in this time that you've been kind of going on the parenting journey how did you find the time and space to write an album? I didn't I wrote that album before so I wrote, started writing that album at the end of 2017 uh, in Hong Kong. When I finished it, I went back to New York to record it. And during that trip, I decided to go back to Hong Kong 
and then I was I landed in Hong Kong I was gonna take a short sabbatical and then we were gonna gear into like putting the record out but instead like exactly 40 weeks later I had a baby so <laughs> you do the math but also um yeah I I was gonna put it out the year after that but then I sort of had an extended maternity leave and so it ended up coming out this year but it actually worked really well mm. because um it gave us a lot of focus um like as a family to have something you know that was going on that couldn't be ignored even if there was like a pandemic going on but also it sort of like you said it was like a time capsule and it kind of like reminded us of of like a time before the pandemic or even before like Alex and I were parents and yeah it was actually it was it was so nice it was such a nice experience to do that um and in terms of like making space to be creative I don't like I like I actually I hardly ever do except when I have to do it for work and I still haven't gotten around that yet do do you listen back to those songs and think of yourself as almost a different person or do you can you still see yourself because one of the things I'm quite interested in in and I, I guess it kind of crops up in the book is this idea of kind of reconciling who who I used to be or who I was before I was a parent with that kind of life-changing thing. Not not that I believe that being a parent, becoming a parent makes me any more special or makes me more of myself, but I definitely feel like that it's a very different time of my life. And I, I don't know if I necessarily look back at who I was and the sort of stuff I used to get up to before I was a parent and still see that as part of who I want to continue to be if that makes sense yeah I feel like when I made that record I'd come to like a huge self-realization like I'd been to China I'd been to a temple I kind of discovered an affinity with this goddess um who whose like only thing is mercy and I, I was it, I just really hit a point in my life where I was like I really know who I am and then like the moment after that I have a baby and then I don't know who I am anymore so like it was quite shocking to listen back to the songs and be like wow I, I was so sure of myself and how come straight after that there's like a new challenge but then it came to like an even deeper realization which is that you're never free of challenges you know and there's like this endless process of of life or growing up which is sort of losing ha losing your handle on who you are and then regaining your handle on who you are and then something coming out of, you know, nowhere and, and knocking you off again. To talk, talk about that in, in the context of it being a parent, like how has that, how have you kind of re recalibrated who you are since becoming a parent? Well, I think like straight after becoming a parent, because I was um, in Hong Kong and like we had the briefest time in Hong Kong as parents before the protest started and things got pretty stressful and chaotic and isolated and then we came back to England and then there was a lockdown so things got very chaotic and stressful and isolated so like I've sort of almost always parented in a vacuum mm. so for me like opening up the the sort of valve of listening to the album was to remind me to kind of connect with the world again and that's what I was saying earlier about striving less like I'm sort of trying to be um just a bit more like casual about stuff 
you know, maybe I don't give the perfect amount of nutrition in a meal tonight, but, you know, we relax. Or maybe we watch a whole bunch of TV one morning instead of listening to songs in Mandarin, you know, but like <laughs> it keeps us happy. Um, so, yeah, like I think, I think for me, trying to find my old self again has been about sort of loosening the grip on um, perfect parenting. And that's so annoying because I've read all the books that tell you not to be a perfect parent. And yet sort of like every hour I fall into that trap um, and, and sort of have to be like, you know, I have to like heavily remind myself or, or wait until I crash before I, I reset again and, and become the Kung Fu Panda. Well, what I find interesting is um, all, all the stuff that you read about being, being a parent, it's either like how to be the ultimate parent or, oh i'm a shit parent and you can be a shit parent just like me and like there's never any middle ground between the two which is what most people's lives are like you know yeah so that's what i love about your book there's this bit in your book where you say no that's one of the things that i like there are so many things i'm gonna have to write them down um like honestly i have to say that it is one of the most joyous books i've ever read sorry to keep going on about it and i think partly i feel that way because parenthood literature is so it's either like you must strictly follow a routine or your baby will starve to death <laughs> or it's like entirely follow your instincts if you didn't have a natural birth you've already failed you know like there's <laughs> there's just like so many there's just it everything is sort of an ideology and like there's this bit in your book where you say that sometimes you pretend that you dislike your children you know just because that's what people expect and I totally do that like I'd be like oh you know I spent the whole weekend with her roll eyes but in fact when I spend the whole weekend with her I'm thrilled you know like I actually really really like hanging out with my child and and doing child stuff and that isn't to say that it doesn't also tire me out and make me crazy but but ultimately I do feel a pressure to to complain yeah yeah it's funny because I whenever whenever people have children who sleep really well there is a part of my brain that's going fuck these guys so much fuck you um and so and it kind of brings back for me like all of that sort of the misery of like those early few years of of sleep deprivation but you as, as you said it, it sort of gives you permission to Com complain about the drudgery which I, I i think like whether i had kids or have kids or not i'd still have like really drudgerous weekends where i'm not doing anything and i feel like disgusted with my own cabin fever and you know there'll always be stuff to complain about and actually it just sort of feels like this sort of weirdly british thing to never kind of go actually you know it was all right <laughs> you know we went for a walk it was lovely and then uh my kid wouldn't eat her dinner even though she promised she really liked spaghetti but then today she decided she didn't like spaghetti and that was annoying and that's the thing there's just like none of this is as you kind of build up an idea of routine and consistency and all the rest of it you kind of find yourself ping-ponging or look ping -pong, not ping-ponging what am i talking about pinballing between so many different states and your default is just to complain about one of them because that's what people expect to hear i think yeah so like just after the baby was born um my friend came over who's like she was we were in hong kong and she's like a she she's a film director and she something happened she couldn't go 
she couldn't get a project off the ground she was like oh, I'm so depressed like I find it so hard to leave the house at the moment and I was like yeah that is I totally remember that from being gainfully self-employed because I was in the middle of maternity leave when we were talking and you know like it's this sort of like when something isn't happening when you're not engaging with the world you feel this sort mm. of rootlessness and depression um and she looked at me and as if I was about to tell her but the answer is having a baby and she was like and how do you feel now and I was like a different kind of depression <laughs> but yeah it's good to remember like sometimes when you're mourning the fact that like I'm currently having to make like another snack pack when I could be watching Netflix the entire day to sort of think back to when you used to do that and be like that also was quite boring like some days are just quite boring quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. In, in the early days, I used to re-romanticize like going to the pub with friends. And then about three months into having a kid, I had the opportunity to go to the pub with some friends. I was in London for something and I just thought I'd tag on a quick drink onto the end of it. They were like, we won't talk about football as long as you don't talk about kids. And then I was like, well, if I'm sitting here not feigning interest in football and you're sitting here not feigning interest in kids like what else do we have to talk about and it made me realize that like I was just beyond that stage of my life where you just sort of turn up chat some shit talk about what you watch on d on tv and you go I know I know like being simplistic about those those days but it just made me realize that like whiling away the hours boozing just wasn't where I was anymore and that's okay I think it's really easy to kind of romanticize periods of your life where you seem to be having fun or you were having fun but it's not like you know like I guess the example I think of is like I moved out of London nearly 10 years ago and for the longest time and so it's still part of me would be like I'd love to move back to London but I wouldn't be able to move back to London in 2010 I'd only be able to move back to London now and London now has moved on and I've moved on and so and I feel like it's the same thing about 
those things that I used to do to kind of while away time. So we've just moved back to London and both me and my partner for different reasons have been out of the UK for seven years. And it is really weird, like walking through Hackney and being like, surely, you know, the same neighbor will come out of that door and it's a totally different person. And it's just like, it is the same, your old life. There's a reason why you changed your old life. You know, Mm. I definitely have that propensity to look at old photos and think, wow, what a what a great life I had. And now all I all I get to do is, you know, everything I do ends at five o'clock at dinner time. But then the other thing I remember is like the times that I've been mostly Instagramming, like whenever I go through my Instagram and I see a lot of photos, it's because I was really, really bored and lonely during that time. And inevitably, mm. it always looks like the best time because I've put more effort into those photos. So I feel like there's like a lot of parenting FOMO that you have. You, it's like you're in, you're FOMOing with yourself. You're like looking back at your old life and being like, oh, I'm missing out on all these experiences. But you chose to not have those experiences anymore. That your friends aren't sitting at the pub with an empty chair mourning the fact that you're not there anymore they're they're getting on with their lives they're probably having they might be having kids themselves they're kind of and that's the cruelty i think of 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 cities like that chair very quickly gets filled um and whether you're there or not you know it'd be nice if you're there but you know no one's gonna kind of be really upset that you're not and so it's it it becomes about kind of being kind to yourself and being okay with those decisions and every now and then I kind of trip up and go oh man it just just like would love to go out one night and get really wrecked and then eat some fried chicken and then like stumble to home stumble home at 2am and then wake up at 6 and go to work it's also okay to not do that I think I haven't parented outside of like a kind of lockdown type situation so don't you do that in a normal world like don't you sort of like take two days off and and go somewhere with a friend or like of you know like have a staycation as a couple because that's what I'm imagining at the end of all this is that I'm going to go away somewhere for the weekend and stay up till two watching tv and wake up really late yeah I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet what I've noticed is like all my bad habits just end up just being in the house like I will stay up really late watching stuff and playing computer games and I will get up as as I need to in the mornings to do to do stuff but I haven't left the house um and and it just makes me realize that actually those bad habits are just in me forever like I can happily keep eating crisps and drinking lager (laughs) and play computer games till the cows come home and I'll be okay but does that that work for self-soothing because I'm really really big into self-soothing at the moment like at the end of every day I'll be like have you self-soothed today to myself (laughs) I don't know if it does I basically I think I was talking to you about this about a month or month or so ago when I was having a little bit of a low patch and you you very kindly got in touch with me I think what I needed to do and the reason I have dug out computer games again and you you I think it was actually at your suggestion was because what happens when the house is quiet and I'm the only one left awake is that it's it's really easy to carry on drinking and put Seinfeld on on my computer and while it's on in the background just scroll aimlessly through the internet and I realized that I just needed something to do that was sort of interactive that forced me to do other things and so concentrating on computer games actually gave me some sort of focus that I just lacked between the hours of 10 p.m and like 1 a.m 
and that's been don't know if it's self-soothing but it certainly keeps me off the internet which i think is a good thing at the moment yeah uh, is it one of those computer games that isn't linked to other humans like because i I, so i play like skyrim um because every subsequent one after that uh, every elder scrolls after that is sort of like linked to other people on the internet and i don't have animal crossing because i would have to like talk to other people on the internet like i have like an entirely insular computer game world yeah no mine is uh it's a, it's a spider-man game that i found in a charity shop for an old console and i've just been playing that and c- trying to crack that oh that's so good that um, so spider-man is your self-suit so like my when, when i'm re- when i was really really down about maybe just before i spoke to you last um like i was living in my head in seattle where fraser lives and like sometimes <laughs> I, if i was driving past like a tall build like new build apartment block i'd be like you are now like going past fraser's building and i know that sounds crazy but like my therapist doesn't think it's crazy <laughs> she she thinks it's amusing but like my person that i use to get through difficult times at the moment is fraser because i find his existence soothing and yours is spider-man <laughs> i am also re-watching all of fraser at the moment because because but mostly because i was thinking about you know i have i have you know as i described in the book i have some issues with comfort eating and when i think back to those that time and that time of like feeling comfortable at home and um it was always sitting sitting lying lying next to my mum like curled up with my mum and my sister on the sofa eating snacks and watching fraser and you know what my mum's not around and fraser's not on so i just eat the crisps by myself i just thought well what if i replaced crisps with fraser <laughs> so i've been rewatching fraser as well because there's just something really comf- comforting and comfortable about it and it's still so funny it's so it? funny it's so not smug it doesn't do what friends turns out to have done which is like you know like warped into something horrifically offensive but yeah okay so i've actually broken down why fraser is so soothing it's because like first of all their his apartment is so nice it's so such a nice environment to look at you know everything's like all neutral there's a lot of space there's a piano there's the skyline and like they spend all their time with their relatives and that to me as someone with like um like a Chinese mom, like I, that makes sense to me. That feels comfortable. And like his, his problems are so, so enjoyable. They're like math problems. Like, oh, how do I get into the next tier of, of membership at, you know, at this um, wine group or something? And they're always, like, they're always solved at the end. <laughs> I've, I've got two dates coming to one party. Yeah, exactly. Or like, oh, no, I've got to go to another cabin. And the cabin is always really nicely done up. But ultimately, like, it just is the fact that, like, it's two brothers and their dad. So basically, I've decided after this year, like, the way I've turned myself around is to promise myself I'll be more like Frasier. So, like, I'm actively... But not... But not more like Kelsey Grammer. No, n- yes, yes. No, <laughs> I want. Yeah, I want to. Um, I want to become a. I don't even know any of the names anymore. I want to become an alt-right. Yeah, but I, like I've started wearing tweed, and I've now I listen to um, Radio Three exclusively for classical music. Like, oh yeah, and the <laughs> the classical music is a huge part of it. And my next thing is I want to have like a thing of scotch in my house you know like people do like alec baldwin in 30 rock like i just want my life to have 
these little hallmarks of of i don't know like rich white american classy yeah like uh, yeah <laughs> like my other thing that i always think about is diane keaton in something's got to give you know when she's writing her play and she's crying and she's wearing this like huge turtleneck and she's like looking out over the beach in her like hamptons house that she like has earned from miraculously from being a playwright like i find uh, these 90s visions of like americana make me feel so happy and i can access them simply by wearing a turtleneck <laughs> i love that and and answering your phone with i'm listening <laughs> oh yeah that's such a good idea oh also like yeah it's just like little things like that like maybe i'll throw in the little shakespeare reference that i've studied ahead of time you know the next time we speak that would be amazing also like i am noticing more and more what a terrible uh radio dj he is because he keeps just slamming a button that probably doesn't do anything because Roz is controlling everything and he takes a lot of breaks but but maybe it's just like american radio where there's lots of um adverts Given that you're someone who's moved around lots of different countries, uh, especially in the, you know, you said you've been out of the UK in, in the last seven years, and now that you're you're back and you're you're, you're with, with a kid and you're kind of establish re-establishing or establishing what what it means to be at home or what a home is, how are you approaching that with a kid in mind? Like, what are the things that are really important to you, and what are the things that are increasingly not important to you? So, my when I met my partner, he'd he'd been in Hong Kong for a while, but he'd basically been living out of a backpack in in a studio apartment with with not even a, a kitchen. And I'd been, you know, dotting around America and touring, and suddenly we're in this situation where like the most important thing in our lives is saving up for soft furnishings. It's really, <laughs> really weird. Like it's, it feels really strange because every few days a part of me will buck and be like, no, 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 I got, you know, like I, I got to do something different. I, you know, like I can't do this and then I'll come back to it and be like, no, we are going to get curtains, you know, but <laughs> like I, I, I'm too cool for curtains. We're just going to stare straight out of that glass. But, um, yeah like it's it's kind of it's it's like we're trying to build the world that we imagined for our daughter around her after she came you know like she's the anchor point and then we're slowly start of building a family life around it and I think because of the way that everything has happened with us like we moved back to England after she was born you know have a sort of like reset in this pandemic so we are basically building from scratch and it's quite kind of nice to already know her really well as we kind of like create the landscape of her childhood memories and also like it's sort of I don't really care about my environment that much I'm quite adaptable I'm pretty happy if I have like music equipment and a computer and some books so it's quite nice to be in that mindset as we sort of like create a settled family life because it really can be like a cooperative thing while rather than having this fixed idea that I've always had in my head of what a family home should look like you know that's interesting because when the child was quite young quite new you toured with her didn't you yeah we went on tour and um like people were like writing to me afterwards being like oh I'm having a baby and I now I believe I can go on tour and I was like oh my god all these people are gonna hate me you know in a <laughs> year's time um 
yeah i can't remember whether this is just stuff that we talked about on text or you actually did you wrote about this in the guardian didn't you this isn't just a conversation we had yeah 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 no i did a diary for it in the guardian i hope i put across like how hard it was in that i remember it being really yeah really hard and obviously our mutual friend bishy was was on tour with you and helped out loads and but it kind of feeds into what you're sort of talking about in terms of um what a home can be and how a home can be quite agile that you were kind of willing to do well not willing I don't know if willing is the right word you just you you just did it you know do you look back on it and think yeah I'd do that again or no way was that I had to do that because it was um because it was like the 10 year anniversary of first love which my first album and I was like there isn't going to be an 11 year anniversary tour so it was like I have to do this I have to break out of my maternity leave and just do this um and like I'd seen I interviewed Gweno the artist Gweno when she'd been touring with her baby and I'd been really inspired by that Mm. and like we shared managers and my managers were like yeah Gweno goes to gigs with her baby all the time and so then after the tour after the two weeks they were like how was it we were really worried about you and I was like why Gweno does it all the time and they were like no no she does weekend gigs you did two weeks in a row and I was like oh my god um it was really hard but it also was quite an amazing thing for like someone who's just had a baby and is the primary caregiver at the time because my aunt came along and and I was getting extended time away from baby care um ahead of schedule and it really sort of like it could, it was quite healing as well I know like it is work like going on stage to play a gig and then packing up your stuff and then going to sell merch is work but also when you're looking after a five-month-old it's not as hard like I remember lifting lifting like bass drum cases or keyboard cases up this grate in Manchester when it was like really really raining and it was like an outdoor fire escape and just being like I'm free (laughs) this is so great (laughs) yeah look at me it's eight o'clock and I'm out in the world enjoying myself (laughs) um yeah and that but yeah so I guess definitely I'm glad I did it but it was extremely epic and how how did that contribute to this sort of agile sort of sense of home that you're describing because i I really like that i i i guess for me it's always now that i'm thinking about it in relation to what you're saying my my conception of it is of home is almost quite conventional in a way in ways that sort of surprise me because i I don't want to be conventional but yeah i mean i really want us to have a conventional home and we're getting there um hence the curtains and stuff yeah that's that that's 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 like level tier tier one of putting down roots is getting curtains yeah um and yeah and i'm like i'm very very close to having a john lewis store card um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so the first i would say first year and a half of her life was pretty interesting like we lived in a in a sort of open plan white box in an industrial estate um in on on the very very southern tip of hong kong overlooking a power station um and yeah like we took a lot of photos because it's almost like we don't think she's going to believe it and we were very comfortable just strapping her to us and and just like going places and that was awesome but again with like the whole kung fu panda mentality i don't think i would do it again if we had another child 
you know it's like what an adventure what an incredible story and then now let's 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 make life a little easier yeah i really remember just before my kid started school there was just this real desire in me to go on an adventure because this would be our last chance before just being trapped in the institutions until the second child is 18 and it was kind of going back to what i was saying earlier about what this sort of desire to recapture old feelings or old habits or feel like you're doing something that isn't just you know watching netflix and going to the pub and whatnot which is probably what i would have been doing had i not had a kid and i guess for you it kind of just happened quite organically so you've kind of done that you've you've kind of had that adventure and you're kind of ready for the soft soft furnishings now yeah like I, i think i think probably like you saying that has reminded me that I also want to do I want to take her traveling somewhere before she goes start school because as it stands for most of her like upright post walking life she's you know been in our house alone no I don't think our adventurous spirit has gone I just think we're probably looking for like more appropriate adventures because like it was really cool living in an open plan warehouse like a white box at the end of a industrial estate but like the moment you have a child and if the child goes to bed at seven then everyone sits in the dark um for the rest of the day so so like that adventure was sort of like designed for us pre-child and now we would probably want to design some adventures that that were still adventurous but there's a child involved so you know like going to the zoo is an appropriate adventure but um, living in an empty building is an inappropriate adventure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Going on a weekend, hiring a camper van for a weekend is an adventure. Um, overlooking an industrial estate um, in winter, probably not so much. Or is that thing when you, when you go on your very first holiday with a child and then you get there and you're like, oh, we still have the child. So it's not a holiday, you know, and then after that, you never go on that type of holiday again. You only go to like places next to a theme park or something like that. Yeah. Or you go with people that you can share childcare with and then you don't ever really get to. You have one night where you <laughs> you let loose and then the next day or next two days, if you're like me and, and 40 and therefore are prone to longer recovery periods, um, regretting that one day that you had off because your kids still want to have holiday yeah or you go with people who who can offer childcare, i.e your family which i like i feel very very lucky to have that so i'm not complaining so but you go with people who can offer you childcare, and then you feel so bad about them having to do all the childcare that you offer to cook at like every single meal <laughs> you spend <laughs> the entire time preparing like perfect food in the kitchen not perfect but like in my head perfect it's like you've been there on my last three family holidays. Kind of looking looking forward as your kid is getting bigger and, you know, you're thinking about what you want to do next creatively. Um, how how will you kind of be carving out that time to, to get stuff done? Because I, I guess for, for me, um, whether it's sort of obvious or not, as, as we were kind of talking at the top, like you're your work is very much a capsule of a specific time in your life. And so does that mean that you imagine the next things that you'll be working on will be kind of inspired by this sort of return to 
nest that's probably not the the best way of putting it or like this idea of having a kid and becoming um a parent or 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 are you looking are you looking elsewhere for things to write about like how how are you kind of envisaging create your your creative time and your influences going forward well like this year has been really quite interesting in terms of priority shifting because we can't access our family network really anymore for childcare so we've been quite restricted we've done it's been pretty hardcore in terms of just like tag teaming um between me and my partner and like yeah it's sort of it's essentialized all my activities and at first it was sort of almost unbearable to be like I can only do things that are essential um to you know like continuing to exist um financially and and like for the betterment of my career or whatever um which I acknowledge is already really in a good position but now I feel like that that focusing has been quite good because I've realized there were a lot of things that I did in my life that I actually didn't want to do anymore and it's sort of taken this extreme pressure of of child care during a pandemic to make me sift out the stuff that I can't live without so I have to develop it the stuff I I can live without therefore what's the point and also kind of like focus my future goals um yeah so like it's that 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 analogy of juggling balls isn't it and and you can let some balls drop but don't let the glass ones drop Mm. and i'm sort of starting to realize which elements of my um quote unquote portfolio career (laughs) um were not serving me anymore and not making me happy and and not um conducive to family life and and the stuff that you know was always on the horizon that I could maybe now work on because I'll have um shifted stuff around that novel's coming yeah I've written a whole bunch of words of it actually that's something I gave myself a treat after I did that gig at the Barbican which was so I felt so lucky like they had to lock down almost straight after and I'm like one of the only gigs that actually had an audience and I feel so lucky and I loved it, but it was so stressful trying to do something that you're used to doing, but under those circumstances, that the next day I was just like, I have to give myself a present. And so I spent um, the next week, like, sort of pottering away at this novel idea I've had for ages. And that was actually an example of giving myself creative space. And it came at the end of, like, a huge push. And, like, it's a shame that, I think as a parent you feel like you have to wait until you have no choice but to give yourself a treat whereas like there probably is time for a little treat every week you know like I I've been doing um like ambassadorship for people which is parents in the performing arts Mm. and chatting to people um like maybe they make their living as um, a music engineer but they also you know have an artist persona that they want to keep up because it's not their job they barely do it And, you know, those little treats are so essential to who we are as as people, pre-parent people and parent people. And, you know, I just sort of wonder why we don't value that. We don't value ourselves enough to just make time to do that. Yeah, I, I wonder if it's because I wonder if it's because this sort of feeling that it's then taking time away from kids and 
I guess as my kids have got older, I've realised that actually it's it's increasingly more important that I hold back and let them engage in independent play and follow independent interests and bring those interests to me when they want someone else to be excited about it. That actually does claw back time for me to do other things like read when I'm not on the toilet or on a train, which is the only times before I used to be able to read or stare out the window and think about things and or or just be be alone with my thoughts rather than just trying to you know fill time with like constantly trying to keep them engaged and that's been a really important thing this sort of idea that they don't need constant entertaining yeah it's the, it's mental space isn't it and it's also like sometimes when you get time away from your kid you think well now i ought to clean the house or maybe i should deal with the mot or something but like you don't you do that all the time sometimes the thing you really need to do is like go work on the creative project that you know you have on the back burner just look it over you know give yourself an hour and then and then unload the dishwasher or something thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today thank you so much for joining us i've put a link to emma's website in the show notes you can go and buy various vinyls and merch of emmy the great and you can pick up some amazing records and all the rest of it t-shirts and baby grows i think there's also a buy link for brown baby so please head there and buy my memoir thank you so much to emma to acast and to bluebird my publishers and i will see you next week my friends goodbye brown baby i am brown baby yes i am i am Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.